Hey there, this is Red Zone Redemption, a fantasy football podcast, part of the Roto Heat Network. Make sure you follow us on your preferred podcasting network. We should be on there. And this is your host, FF Shane B. Hope you guys enjoy the show. Thanks. Welcome to another episode of Red Zone Redemption. I'll be your host for the night, Shane, and I am running solo tonight. So you can find me on Twitter at FFShaneB. Follow the show at FFRZ Redemption. And make sure you follow us over on RotoHeat Fantasy and RotoHeat.com. So tonight we're going to do waivers, starts and sits and your trade targets, and I'm going to start you off with one fantasy tip that can save your season like usual. So that tip this week is don't get too cute. So what I mean by this is let's say you had a guy, I'm thinking Mac Hollins, potentially Russell Gage, but a guy who goes off, even Khalil Herbert, a guy who goes off because of an injury or a horrible, horrible matchup. Don't get too cute if you benched a bona fide starter for him because of injury or something like that. Put the guy that's normally in there back in. Don't be too cute with your lineup decisions. Don't be too cute with your waiver decisions. And don't be too cute with your trades. So that is my tip that will save you this season, I think. And unfortunately, I probably just shot myself in the foot uh, with our waivers, but let's jump right into those. So given you guys about six players like you normally would get if I had a guest. So the first one is Khalil Herbert. He's rostered in 48% of sleeper leagues, 25.2% on ESPN, and 49% on Yahoo. Now, David Montgomery is injured and that injury may be more severe than what you are looking or what we initially thought. So I am actually comfortable with Khalil Herbert as a even flex option going forward because the Bears seem to like him more than David Montgomery, and he was a lot more efficient. 20 carries, 157 yards, and two touchdowns in their win on Sunday. Khalil Herbert is, seems to be more athletic and a better fit in this offense in the way that Matt Eberflus wants to move forward. You need to spend 50% of your starting FAB budget, and if you have waiver priority, spend it this week on Khalil Herbert. And notice I said starting budget, not your current budget, because if you've already spent and you only spend 50% of what you have currently, you're going to get outbid. And Khalil Herbert's one of those guys I would be comfortable spending a lot more. If you wanted to go all the way up to 100%, I am not going to fault you on that. So Khalil Herbert, if he's there, go out and get him. I think he could be a league winner this year. Because there's a chance that he ends up holding off the job from Montgomery even when Montgomery comes back healthy. We'll see. My next player is also in this category for 20% of your budget or more, and it's Romeo Dobbs wide receiver for the Packers. He's rostered 40% on Sleeper, 16.1% on ESPN, 26% on Yahoo. And this week, he had 89% of snap share, 8 targets, 8 receptions, 73 yards, and 1 touchdown. It seems like Matt LaFleur is owning up to his word and getting this kid involved. And the really cool part is Aaron Rodgers seems to trust him. Obviously, he threw him in the red zone, scored the touchdown, eight targets, 
pretty decent target share if I had to guess because they're th- this game was ugly, but Dobbs stepped up with guys like Sammy Watkins and Christian Watson out. But to me, Dobbs is still the clear cut number two behind Alan Lazard. And this week kind of proves that. And I'm willing to spend 20% of my budget, especially if I'm hurting at wide receiver. Dobbs is a guy that I think you're going to want going forward for the rest of the year. Next is Mac Hollins. And this is in the 10 to 15% of your budget range. He's only rostered on 3% on Sleeper, 0.9, that's 0.9% on ESPN, and 2% on Yahoo. The great is he has no less than 87% snap share in all three weeks, with 87% coming in week two. In week three, with Hunter Renfro out, so there's our asterisk, he had 10 targets, 8 receptions, 158 yards, and 1 touchdown. I'd be willing to spend about 10% of my budget on Mac. I don't know how consistently he's going to be able to produce at these levels, especially once Renfro comes back. But I do think he's someone that you're going to want to monitor or at least have on your bench, especially when it gets into bye week season. He could be someone that it produces for you in a spot start. Next guy is Tyler Conklin. This dude's killing it this year so far. He has is rostered 30% on sleeper, 11.5% on ESPN. 21% on Yahoo, and over three games, he's got 24 targets. He had 84 yards in week three and a touchdown in week one. He's seeming to be involved a lot in this offense, and Flacco seems to trust him. So Flacco's not necessarily a ball buster when it comes to a quarterback in fantasy, but he's making Conklin fantasy relevant. And I'm willing to, especially if you've been streaming tight end or you punted tight end in your draft, Conklin seems like a guy that you can go pick up off of waivers and potentially start start for the rest of the year. And then my last guy, I like this guy a lot. I know I kind of slandered him in my opening, but it's Russell Gage. I think he has flex value even when guys like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin come in because I don't think Julio Jones is going to be healthy enough for the rest of the year with the knee injury he is currently dealing with in his older age in the NFL. So Russell Gage is only rostered in 49% on Sleeper, 55.4% on ESPN, 42% on Yahoo, and in this last week against the Packers, he had 13 targets, 12 receptions for 87 yards, and a touchdown, and there are no healthy wide receivers in Tampa Bay, so I easily see this being a continued thing. Even with Mike Evans coming back, Brady's got to throw to somebody else other than Evans, or this offense is not going to click, and at some point in the near future, I feel like Brady's just going to go full Brady, if he still can, and light the world on fire, and you're going to want pieces of this offense, including Russell Gage. And then our last player is your dart throw category, where I'm only throwing about 5% or less of my budget at it. It's Zay Jones. He's currently rostered on 14% on Sleeper, 8.6% of leagues on ESPN, and 11% on Yahoo. He had 11 targets, 10 catches, 85 yards, and a touchdown in Week 3. He had a great preseason and a decent Week 1 as well. Week 2 was kind of a stinker for him. But I think he's someone who, going forward, Trevor Lawrence seems to trust. 
And with an adult running the Jacksonville Jaguars now, this offense seems like something that you want a piece of as well. Zay Jones is someone who I think you could easily pick up off of waivers. And again, plug into your flex position as a spot start or matchup dependent. Or if you know that Jaguars are going to end up having to throw the ball a lot because they're going up against a powerful offense a la the Chargers last week. So that wraps up our waivers section. Let's jump into some starts and sits. And I can't like I really can't believe I'm about to say this. I have two must starts for each position and two sits for each position. Must start this week. Please don't shoot me is Baker Mayfield. He's at 16 points and 20 points in his two games in his career against Arizona. Arizona is bad on defense. And I think this could end up being a get-right game for not only the Panthers, even though they won last week, their offense looked bad still. I think this could be a get-right game for their offense, for Baker Mayfield, because this defense is struggling. So start Baker Mayfield, preferably in Superflex Leagues as your QB2. But if you're if you're hurting, let's say you lost Trey Lance, you lost Dak, Davis Mills, you, you punted QB and you went Davis Mills, I'd be willing to start Baker in some of those situations as well. And then the other one is a similar type player who you could probably stream and might even be a better option than Baker, but it's Geno Smith. He's playing Detroit this week. Detroit does... Ha- have a lockdown quarter and corner and Jeff Akuda now. They've got a good pass rusher in Aiden Hutchison, but that defense is still young and still coming together. They lost one of their safeties to injury. And I believe with just the way that Geno Smith has been playing, he's been really consistent and looked really sharp that he's worth a, a spot start this week if you are needing to stream quarterback. My sits this week are Trevor Lawrence and Carson Wentz. Lawrence is playing Philadelphia. Philadelphia has looked phenomenal all year. I knew that their defense was going to look good this year because they had a great, great draft and some even better acquisitions on the defensive side of the ball. So I am worried about Trevor Lawrence this week. We're going to really see how that offensive line holds up and how he holds up against a very, very good team. So sit Trevor Lawrence this week. And then Carson Wentz is playing Dallas. Dallas has been only allowed 19 points and 17 points in their first two games so far. They had six sacks against the Bengals. They had an interception in week one. They had a forced fumble again against the Bengals. That defense is still is improved year over year since 2020 when my grandmother could have ran through them. And... I'm not starting Carson Wentz, especially with the way that he looked last week in a division game against a team that knows him. And I'm not touching Carson Wentz this week. All right, so let's move on to running back. I've got two for you here. Nick Chubb would have been a too easy of an answer. If you have Nick Chubb, you're starting Nick Chubb. However, I think this is a good week to start Kareem Hunt as well. Atlanta is actually eighth against fantasy running backs this year. The reason I think Hunt will be able to break that mold is A, Cleveland's offensive line is stupid good. But two, Kareem Hunt is going to be that receiving option out of the backfield. And I think that is where he can hurt this Atlanta defense. I don't know if Atlanta's faced an offensive line like this one. And I really just think that Cleveland could end up beating 
the Falcons pretty badly simply with the run game. And that's going to be a, a good mixture, I think, of both Chubb and Hunt. So I am starting Kareem Hunt this week if I have him. My second one is the rookie, Brees Hall. New York Jets running back against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh, since they lost TJ Watt, has been rough. They lost to Cleveland this past week. And I don't see them creating enough of a rush to stop the run. I believe they're 29th against fantasy running backs. So Brees Hall is an absolute must start this week. I think he will score you a lot of points. And then I've got two sits, two guys from the same draft class, J.K. Dobbins versus Buffalo and Clyde Edwards-Alaire versus Tampa. C.E.H. has had a really good year, and I don't feel like he's getting enough love. But he's going against Tampa, whose defense is their stalwart of their team. Vita Vea, Levante David. I mean, this defense is still very, very good. And they bottled up both Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon last week. I'm not touching CEH this week. If I can sit him and afford to, which I probably can with where I drafted him, I am absolutely sitting CEH. And then J.K. Dobbins, hallelujah, he's back. But he's got a horrible matchup for a second week back. And that's Buffalo. Buffalo allowed 21 points to the Dolphins. Only scored 19. And I think they're going to come out ready to rip some people's heads off. They just need to go look at their offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey, and he'll probably motivate them. But I'm not touching J.K. Dobbins this week against Buffalo. I think that's a really, really tough matchup. I'm hoping he sees increased touches. I just don't see him being very efficient with those this week. All right, now we're going to flip to wide receivers and tight ends. And just like we've been doing, we'll start with the sits with these two. Allen Robinson, I'm not touching him. He had a good week two. Week three was back too close to what we saw with week one. I don't know what happened there. I don't know if it was game script. I don't know. I legitimately don't know what happened. But I'm not touching Allen Robinson this week. He's going to have to be, he's going to have to prove me wrong on this for at least two weeks before I even consider starting him. And then Jerry Judy is playing the Raiders. They're about 14th against fantasy wide receivers. They are also 0 3. I really think they're going to want to win this football game. And to do that, they're going to have to start by playing good defense and shutting down Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. So I don't think I'm going to start Jerry Judy this week unless I absolutely have to. He is a sit for me. Then we've got must starts, and I'm going with two rookies. Chris Olave, I think the show is in town and is here to stay with him. He's facing Minnesota. Their secondary has not been great. The past two weeks, they started off great against Green Bay, and then they've just all fallen apart. I'm going with Chris Olave against the Minnesota Vikings. He had 147 yards last week on, I believe, 12 catches, at least 13 targets. Kid can play. Put him in your starting lineup. Don't look back. And then I know I talked about how earlier I think Cleveland is going to dominate Atlanta. I am willing to start Drake London against Cleveland this week. We finally saw Kyle Pitts with a good game. I think they're going to find some way to navigate and balance this offense to where London and Pitts get involved, which is what needs to happen. And I think Drake London has a good game this week against the Cleveland 
defense as long as Marcus Mariota has a little bit of time to throw. Going back to the tight end sits, I'm going Gerald Everett against Houston and Cole Komet against the Giants. Cole Komet is killing me this year. He's going to have to truly, truly prove it with at least a six-catch game, 80 yards, and a touchdown before I can really, really consider putting him in my lineup, and the Giants' defense is not allowing that to the tight end. And then Gerald Everett has had a good start to the year, but Houston is actually very stingy against the tight end. So I'm going to sit Gerald Everett and hope that Justin Herbert can use this week to get healthy again while hopefully peppering some Keenan Allen and Mike Williams targets back in there. And then must start, I definitely feel like it's necessary to put two in here because one of them is the Thursday night game. I'm starting Mike Kosicki. Cincinnati's defense is not great. I believe they're 23rd against the tight end in fantasy. Gasicki had a great week, too, against Baltimore. Kind of came back down to earth in, in this past week. And I think against Cincinnati, who's struggling defensively, start Mike Gasicki this week for your Thursday night matchup. And then another start for me this week. He's struggled so far this year, people. He's been getting the Kyle Pitts week one and week two treatment. Even in week three, he did improve a little bit, but not to the level that I'm accustomed to and believe that he can play up to. But this week, I think he's got a shot to to really prove us wrong there. And that's TJ Hawkinson against the Seattle Seahawks. You got to start him probably where you drafted him anyway, but you should feel very, very comfortable with that this week. And then finally, we go into defense and special teams. If you still have those in your leagues, good for you. Go in the New York Giants against Chicago. Justin Fields has not looked good. He doesn't have a lot of weapons to throw to. If Monty is out, then this is the Khalil Herbert show on offense. Darnell Mooney has been non-existent. Cole Komet's been non-existent. And I really, really, really think that the Giants will either be three and one by the end of week four or four and oh depending on the results of monday night football which i'm recording in the middle of our other start is green bay versus new england mac jones got hurt unfortunately with a high ankle sprain don't know if he's gonna play new england's offense has just been stale all year and green bay's defense has actually been very good so with the guys they drafted like quay walker jair alexander still being there you still have Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, Kenny Clark. This defense is going to put pressure on on New England's offense. And if they don't have Mac Jones, which I know sounds crazy, but I know he's cool and calm and collected, I don't think this offense is going to do very well against this defense. So you should be very comfortable starting the Green Bay defense and hope to get a decent amount of points from him. My sits are, ironically enough, Houston versus the Chargers. Justin Herbert, that's all I pretty much have to say there. And then Baltimore versus Buffalo. Baltimore has actually been giving up a ton of points. Lamar Jackson has just been playing like a man possessed. But against this Buffalo Buffalo offense that just got beat by the Dolphins, this game might end up being a shootout, which will be really, really fun to watch. But I don't want to touch either defense in this case because... It could get ugly from a defensive perspective because both of these quarterbacks are two of the best in the league. So you should absolutely sit Baltimore versus Buffalo for your defenses. All right, let's jump into some trading. So I have a buy high, a buy low, and then a 
bunch of trades for you to review. So our buy high is Trevor Lawrence. He's been playing very, very well. Shocking what happens when you give him an actual coach and some improved weapons. Kid looks great. And Dynasty 1QB, I'd be willing to pay probably a first plus and super flex. Probably a first and second plus, maybe two firsts, maybe two first plus, depending on how much you really believe in him. I really believe in him and think that he is worth buying in Dynasty. And then buy low, we're going to capitalize on the fact that it was just a defensive game, ironically enough. And he had a 13-point a performance for fantasy, and this is Tua Tonga-Vailoa. I'm all in on Tua. I told you guys that all offseason. He's got two of the best weapons in the league. Offensive line is doing okay, but he's also got a coach that believes in him. And I believe that he will continue to excel. He's got a much easier matchup this week compared to last week against the Buffalo Bills and their stout defense. So capitalize on that that poor-ish performance, that okay, mediocre performance, and go grab Tua Tungabailoa if you can. All right, and let's move into our trade reviews. So Dan Brown NFL sent in a trade where he got Aaron Jones and T. Higgins. For J.K. Dobbins, Traylon Burks, and 223 seconds. I gave him an A-. minus. I think he got the best two players in the deal in T. Higgins and Aaron Jones. T. Higgins is one of my favorite players. I absolutely love watching him play. Aaron Jones had a stinker of a week, but we're going to chalk that up to Tampa Bay's defense. I think he will be back, and he's kind of a frustrating player anyway, so... I like this for Dan A minus just because I I love Dobbins long-term viability and Traylon Burks's long-term viability. So I, I worry about that, but you got the two best players in the deal here, Dan. So this is an absolutely great trade. I would make it probably eight or nine times out of ten. And then last week I was joined by Smooth1074, Mr. Lee OG. And in a redraft league, he got Josh Allen for Justin Fields and Jared Goff in a 12-team league. This is an A++++++, Leo. Phenomenal job. I don't know how you accomplished this, but this is pure thievery. I mean, your league mates should be pissed, maybe even consider collusion, but no, this is just a dumb trade for whoever sent this to you or however you pulled this off. If I remember correctly from the comments, Leo now has Josh Allen and Mahomes in this league. Leo, congrats. You're probably going to win the league as long as they maintain their health. And now we're moving on to Brian, FFJunkie underscore. He sent us three trades, all in rebuilds, and I like all of them. So we'll start with the first one. He got a 2023 second and fifth round pick and a 2024 second and fourth round pick for Evan Ingram, Damian Pierce, and Jordan Mason. This is this is almost thievery. I gave you an A just because I don't love giving up Pierce in a rebuild. Evan Ingram, fine, give him away. I think he'll do fine this year, but he's 27, he's a tight end, he's replaceable. Jordan Mason, he's the third string back right now, and when Elijah Mitchell comes back, he'll probably be the fourth string back. I'm perfectly fine giving him away. We'll chalk those up to the, the the fourth and the fifth rounder. Damian Pierce for two seconds is great. I just maybe would have tried to hold on to Pierce since you're in a rebuild, but I understand the move as well. Then moving on to 
his second trade, he got Gabe Davis, a 2023 second and fourth, and a 2024 third for Derrick Henry and Dontrell Hilliard, his backup. I gave this one a B plus. I think this was a great trade, but I think even though you sent it and got it accepted before week three, I feel like you maybe could have gotten a little bit more for Derrick Henry. That's just me personally, though. Maybe a little bit of bias, I guess, against Gabe Davis. I think he's perfectly fine. I think he's a good player. But don't know if his value makes up for the discrepancy between him and Derrick Henry in these picks. So B-plus on this. Still great trade. Maybe would have tried to milk it for a little bit more if you could. And then last but not least, he got Mac Jones, Trey Lance, in a 23-second and sent away Jalen Hurts in a 2023 fourth. In a rebuild, I love this. Trey Lance is perfect for anybody rebuilding in Dynasty, whether that's one QB or Superflex, because he's out for the year. So you're not going to get those points. He can sit on your IR and recover, and hopefully accrue some value over the offseason if he recovers fast enough. Mac Jones is a fine QB too, and if I remember correctly, this is Superflex. I think Mac Jones gives you a decent floor every week. Even when Trey Lance comes back in 2024. So, for a rebuild, I gave this an A because I don't feel like you gave up too, too much. And even if Jalen Hurts maintains the job beyond this year, I still think he won the trade. Good job, Brian. And then, last but definitely not least, is my partner in crime on my Wednesday night show over on the Roto Heat Fantasy. YouTube channel, and that is off the schneid, Mr. Corey Woodman. He is in a 16-team, 1QB uh, auction keeper draft, and he had kept Deontay Johnson and DK Metcalf and lost Trey Lance, so he needed some help at QB. So he sent Matt Ryan, Deontay Johnson, and DK Metcalf for Kirk Cousins, Keenan Allen, and Devontae Adams. I think Think he, I gave this an A. This is a very, very close trade, though. I think it's an upgrade over Matt Ryan to Kirk Cousins, so that's one chalked up to you. I might honestly say that Keenan Allen and Deontay Johnson are very, very close, close enough for me to consider it a push. So then it comes down to Devontae Adams and DK Metcalf, and for me, it's Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is still a top wide receiver in the league despite being stuck with Derek Carr this year and Josh McDaniels. I think that he's the best player in the trade, and therefore you ended up winning this trade. Cody, I gave you an A. This was a big boy trade, as I said, on the Twitterverse, and I love it. Good job, Cody. Go win that league. Well, and that wraps up this episode of Red Zone Redemption. Make sure you follow us again at FFRZ Redemption on Twitter and at FFShaneB. Thank you guys for listening. Wouldn't be here if it weren't for you guys. If you like the show, share it with a friend, like, follow, subscribe, whatever it is on your preferred podcasting network. We should be on there. If we're not, let me know. I'll try and get on there. And you can also find the show on rotoheat.com. This is Red Zone Redemption, where we help you make the moves to redeem your fantasy season. Cheers.